The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. Cross green. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to a special edition of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host, who is social distancing 10,000 miles away from me, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, this was supposed to be the March Madness preview pod, but uh, obviously a lot of different stuff has happened, what people know about. But before we get into it, how are you today? You keeping away from everybody, staying home? What are you doing? Yeah, I was doing that anyway, to be honest. I I don't go out a lot. I, I never liked big groups of people. They always made me uncomfortable. So this is kind of lining up perfectly for me. I, I I am laughing about all the sports writers and not that not that either one of us are sports writers, but we both have you've worked from home I, I longer than I have for sure, but I've worked from home now for about three and a half, four years. And you've worked from home like I, t- I said, I think longer than that, although you do in your day job frequently go out and meet people, but I, uh, it's been funny to watch sports writers now that there's no sports and everybody can, is working from home. Like my wife is working from home until April 12th and she works for Comcast, you know? So it's, uh, it's a, well, everyone, everyone's world. like, Oh, it's going to be a baby boom. I'm like, I think it's going to be a divorce boom. Like people hanging out together, um, <laughs> maybe getting sick of each other. You, Not in you, our case, our cases, we're both very happily married, but I think a lot of we'll other see. people. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll this see. We'll see. This is the test. I mean, your wife's been on maternity leave, so you guys have been home together, but my wife, like, she goes to work every day, and, and now she's going to be here for a month. It might cramp my style. She tried to get on the podcast. I couldn't let it happen. <laughs> I know. I want my wife on the podcast, but then we had a nap. Baby nap. Canceled that. So, but let me, let me, like, how much do we need to rehash this? At, at this point in time, the NBA is suspended. That obviously happened literally the night after we recorded our podcast on the Lakers, pretty much, and the Nets. And I will issue a little bit of a mea culpa. We got a, a complaint that both of us were too hard on the Lakers, and we've always been accused of being LeBron haters. So I just want to say that one of the biggest disappointments about the season being suspended is there is a very good chance that we're not going to get to see the Lakers in the playoffs and, and LeBron's shot at a fourth ring. And that makes me sad. I, I did want to see that. Well, let's talk about that. Cause I think like, we're not going to go into like the news. Everyone can follow the news. You should do follow. You wanna like, re- do you want to recap it for a minute? You go give, give your, you know, minute by minute of what happened on Wednesday. Well, it was just like a snowball effect, right? Or it was just, what was the first shoe to drop in terms of Rudy Gobert getting contracting it, testing positive. Um, after being like mocking openly in defiance of it. Yeah. So we saw like the the Ivy league canceled their conference tournament and then people were kind of like, Oh, is the Ivy league soft? Like, what's the deal? I did actually see, but they they didn't have a conference tournament for a long, for a long time. It's only four teams now, only the top four seeds. And it was funny because Harvard was the two seed, I think. And Yale was the one seed. So Yale was going to get to go to the NCAA tournament, but Harvard had swept them in the regular season. So people were not happy about that. But I think that happened and that was kind of in the news. And then, you know, it, it kind of had been like, okay, we're going to maybe play like without fans and, you know, we're going to get rid of all these NCAA conference tournaments and not have fans there. And then all of a sudden the Thunder and the Jazz are about to play and we hear that they didn't tip. 
And there's other games going on, like the Sixers played. And then we hear that it's possible somebody on the Jazz has it. And this whole clip of like, oh, man, what if it's Rudy Gobert? He touched all these microphones. as kind of like a joke. And then sure enough, Rudy Gobert tests positive. And then they didn't play the game. Everybody in the stadium was told to leave. All the players got tested and the, and the people around them, which was another kind of like if you're you know, shouting into the ether about the amount of available tests. We're not going to get political on this show, but that was another big deal that 58 people got tested when like Oklahoma only had like 180 tests or something. So then they canceled that night game, which was, I think the Kings and the Pelicans. And, and then we found out Donovan Mitchell had it the next day and then bang, the NBA was yeah. suspended. And I think, you know, we were supposed to talk about March Madness. I think the biggest shoe to drop almost was like Duke basketball proactively saying we're not going to participate in the tournament and then i kansas, think NCAA, and then, yeah kansas, and kansas who is the top seed so it's like you really can't have a tournament without like two of the best teams and certainly the other schools were going to follow the leader in that way and i think that's like a bigger story in the sports world obviously there's bigger stories in real world but um pushing back the regular season or maybe cutting down the regular season in the nba really doesn't matter you can't get the tournament back because those kids are going to, you know, probably graduate or go off to the NBA. They're not going to come back in late summer to play a tournament that they don't really have any stake in financially. Yeah, and it, it's interesting too because obviously, you know, whatever you believe about the NCAA, like people love the tournament, and it is a massive revenue driver for college basketball and a lot of college sports. Football very clearly drives the bus, but I think it's like a seven hundred and fifty million dollar kind of was the dollar figure I saw of what the NCA, you know, given their partnerships with Turner and, and t- you know, TV deals and everything like that. Like that's kind of, you could tell that they did not want to get rid of that. Like they were going to do everything they could to have the tournament, whether or not it was within empty stadiums. And maybe that was the right decision anyway. But then as of uh, Sunday night, we saw the CDC, the CDC basically said like, Hey, gatherings of over 50 people are, 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 you know, are now not, should not happen. And and that would for eight weeks and it's a recommendation. So it doesn't mean people have to listen to it, but I mean, man, if you think of the coaching staff and the personnel and everybody in a travel party for NBA teams, even if they have no, and no one in the arena other than refs and scorekeepers and stuff, that's going to be over 50 people very easily. And so it, yeah, I mean, and, I don't and it know. feels like it's not something that's like going to go away. I think if anything, we're going to get more strict on closures. I think they're going to close schools, all schools pretty soon. Um, and it makes sense. Like, you know, my wife was going to come on just really quickly for a reason. Also, she's an infectious disease doctor, like literally um, who worked for the NIH, who worked for that guy, Dr. Fauci, who's running the um, response. And so I think a lot, it's it's funny because people are in such a panic and I think there's like two general camps of reaction to this. Um, it's either people who think this is like outbreak and if you get coronavirus, you're going to die. Oh my God. And then there are the people who think it's like either a hoax or no big deal and they're going to still live their life normally. Um, and obviously like the truth is somewhere in between. Like it makes sense to limit these group gatherings and and the reason for it is not necessarily we're worried if Tyler Laurie is going to get coronavirus, you'd be fine. You know, if you had proper treatment, you'd be fine within a couple of weeks. It's just a, it's just a matter Mitchell, of spreading. Yeah. He'll be fine. He doesn't even have symptoms. I think right? he was He's on the radio or he was on TV and he said like, Hey, it's not about me, but like I could definitely play a seven game series this week if I needed to. And I think that's the point of this is that. Well, it's also scary. Cause if you don't realize that you have it, maybe if you're not being tested regularly, um, you could spread it. That's obviously the bigger concern, spreading it to people who are at risk. 
And then also what my wife was saying is um, like overwhelming the healthcare system. You know, if we have like a rapid growth and millions of people going to see their doctors, they're really not equipped for that. There's like 750,000 like ER beds, like in the country. Right. And if you get a million people in there and you don't have enough beds and ventilators and stuff like that, like, yeah, it's a, you know, not to mention obviously the, the drain on the economy that this is. And I, you know, I I don't know, it's, it's really wild times and like, it's a crazy situation that we're getting on here to kind of talk about basketball. And I think the bigger picture is like, if Rudy Gobert didn't test positive in the way that he did, like, would we have gotten to this point this quickly? You know, like I, I think sports getting canceled was a very large wake up call for a lot of people. And, and I don't I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to like I said, I don't want to get political. I don't want to do any of that. But like, I think it's crazy the situation that we're in, like just in the sense, like not crazy that we're taking the right precautions, but just like. I don't think the NBA is going to be back for. You know, I had a, I heard a behind the scenes kind of meeting was like they were planning for 30 days. And I, I think now it's it's going to be longer than 30 days for sure. Yeah. And I think that's we want to focus on the basketball side of it because, you know, go to watch any news site for the, the political social ramifications. Right now, I think the expectation is March Madness is done. Right. I mean, we're it's not over. Getting there's no way. Yeah, there's just no way. And I And I will say this. We kind of joked about you sent an email about it. But like one of the things that this sucks for is, you know, like. Guys, like one of the names you specifically pointed out was like Peyton Pritchard, who's the he's a point guard at Oregon. He's a senior national player of the year candidate. But like, you know, he'll get a shot in the NBA. Like he'll definitely he'll make a summer league roster or whatever. But like a guy like him who doesn't get a chance to have his one shining moment, if you will, you know, your your Marcus Howards, all your one bid leagues. Like I, I coached in the CAA, as you guys all know, and Hofstra won the league this year for the first time since like 1991. And you know, they won the tournament and they don't get to play in the NCAA tournament. And that, that stinks, man. Like it stinks. It's yeah. Like for 99% of these players, like this is the highest level basketball they'll ever play. And, and I've said this before. I don't know if I've said this on the show, but obviously I worked at a couple different places and we went to the tournament when I was at Temple and there is nothing like it. Like you walk out for your first round game in some random big stadium and the lights are there. You got the NCAA court, you look to your left and it's like Jim Nance or we had Reggie Miller one year when we played San Diego state. And like, it is it Kevin Harlan, like it buzzes. Like there is no feeling like the NCAA tournament. Even if the arena is half full, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I hate to say it because if people who haven't experienced it, and I was only on the bench, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't a player. Like I didn't get to experience it from that. I just, from the coaching standpoint, and I feel bad for people that like, if you got one shot at this, you know, your Hofstra's or your East Tennessee States, like schools like that. And you just don't know if it happens again. Cause you know, in one big leagues where you have to win your conference tournament, like, it's really, really close. You got to get really lucky. And so, yeah. And also, and also like college basketball, it feels like it's been um, corrupted and pervaded by these one and done players and they've taken over college basketball, but they really haven't in the tournament sense. Like the teams that win are usually like the veteran, you know, senior point guard who's been there for four (laughs) years and is a steady hand. Like going back, I remember like, you know, Mateen Cleaves is somebody I think of. Like, that's like the perfect like college yeah, the basketball. Fl- the Flintstones. Player. He played in the NBA, though. Yeah. No. And and our, even like you know, um, who was the best NBA player from that team? Morris Peterson, right? He had a little. Morris he had an Peterson actual, from the Flintstones. The yeah. Flintstones. Yeah. But my, I was thinking Khalid Alamine and last year Ty Jerome. Like those guys were going to get drafted. He got drafted in the first round, which was a surprise. But like the peak of his sort of fame as a basketball player was in college and i think it's true for even some 
good longtime players like Tyler Hansbrough, for example, like college Tyler Hansbrough was a star. And then he goes to the NBA and is sort of like a rotational guy and fades out. Um, so it's it's a shame that like the true pure college player doesn't like you said Peyton Richards a perfect example like doesn't get to fulfill like four years of work towards this goal. No, and and, and that part stinks. And also, I'll tell you the other thing that stinks. And this is I don't I'm not calling anyone out by name. I am not a journalist. I don't consider myself to be a draft evaluator. But there are a lot of evaluators, and there are a lot of NBA teams that this is when they see players play and you don't really get a chance to see the small school, you know, everybody's on the radar now, like there's too much stuff, but you don't get a chance to see like if Obi Toppin dominates for six straight games, is he the number one picks in? You know what I mean? Like you don't get right. a chance no, that, to see that's that. That's the other name I want to mention. Cause I think people, he was so off the radar. Obi Toppin. Oh, was, what are you talking uh, about? No, I'm saying for the average fan, not everyone follows college basketball like you do. So the average fan, this is a third year sophomore for Dayton ends up just blowing he's 22, up. by the way. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's older. And, and you think he's putting up big numbers for Dayton and you say, oh, it's Dayton. It's no big deal. Well, Dayton might've been the, a, a one seed, right? Or a two seed this year. They would have been a one or a two. I mean, I think a, a one is very likely or San Diego state, them or San Diego state, depending on how their conference tournaments went. If they both won their conference tournaments, they could have been the one. Or yeah. Ones. Ken Palm ranks Dayton fourth, just ahead of Duke. So not only could they have been a one or two seed, th- that team theoretically could have won the title could have made the final four and then ob toppin would have been the biggest name in college basketball spoiler alert i would dayton was one of the teams i was going to tell you to fade because their statistical profile just had nobody's won the tournament with their statistical profile or even advanced to the national title so again and then this is clearly it's crazy but like if a guy like let's say rhode island sneaks into the tournament right and fats russell deron russell really fun player kid from philly like he has a big game and has like good. They go to Sweet Sixteen. Like that kid has a chance to leave early and get drafted. And now, you know, doesn't have that opportunity. And he's a junior, so he'll have another chance in a year. But I think you miss out on those types of stories. Like, I just, I, I don't know, man. And I, and I don't want to say that like, hey, we need content. And I did think it was funny when you said like the the baby boom versus like the divorce boom because I did see something and I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was like as soon as China ended their quarantine like 89 couples the first day or something in Wuhan, like went and applied for divorce papers or whatever. And so, but this is funny. Like, and I'm, I'm as a former college coach, like this is the time, like the tournament happens, then you go to the final four and then you start recruiting right away in April in the last two weekends and coaches are always gone. And maybe it's a good thing, Zan. Like maybe it's a good thing on a wholesome family level that you get to disconnect and, and there's not a lot of Definitely not. Stuff. I mean, I, the losing the tournament was the most, no, it stinks. Stinging like, for, for a sports fan, I think. And we talk about Dayton's opportunity and Peyton Pritchard's opportunity. I think that also shows um, it was sort of a power vacuum in college basketball this year. You thought Kansas was the clear favorite, but... They were the they best team in the country, yeah. There weren't a ton of great teams. There weren't a ton of great NBA talent this year. I think it was one of the weakest years. We're going we're gonna to talk about it in the future weeks, right? And talk about the potential prospects that we missed out on seeing. I had I circled 15 teams and that I thought like realistically the national title winner could come from that group and I don't normally think that like I normally think it's like four or five and then something crazy happens but there were so many teams that showed like hey like this team is definitely good enough in this sort of year to win the title and I, I think like that would have been fun it would have been it would have been crazy I'm, I'm not you know I don't know like I well it was such a week you know it, the Mateen Cleese thing had me thinking it, this season in college basketball really did remind me of the Mateen Cleave season for a few reasons for the reason that, you know, this veteran point guard ends up winning the title, but it was such a weak year that 
Mateen Cleaves actually got drafted in the lottery. He went number 14. And the number one pick was Kenyon Martin, who was a senior as well. So it's like, when's the last time a college senior, you know, goes number one? And, and, the, and the draft class behind him was awful. Stromile Swift, Darius Miles, we thought was going to be good. Marcus Pfizer, Chris Mim went seventh. That's a very similar year to this year, obviously, because I don't know, I, I don't recall if uh, in that particular draft class they had any high schoolers, but like literally the three best players. Darius Miles was a high schooler. And so, right. uh, but listen to some of these picks that year. This is 2000. So we're going back a ways. It's a different era, big men era, veteran era. But among the lottery picks, Kenya Martin went one. He was considered the best player in a week class. Um, Marcus Pfizer was a big star. He was a junior. Eton Thomas, senior, went 12th. And you would look at Eton, even back then, you thought he would be a limited player, right? Well, he was a really good, he was a really good defensive player, but yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that's- 13th pick, Courtney Alexander from Fresno State, a senior. Mateen Cleaves, a senior. 15th pick, Jason Collier, Georgia Tech, also a senior. 17th pick, also a senior. Desmond Mason, Jamal McGlure, 19th pick, also a senior. The 21st pick, Mo, Mo Pete, was also a senior. I mean, it was, that was, you know, again, this is 20 years ago, so it's not quite the same as it is now, but still. The, like five best players from that draft class are like, Kenyon Martin was one of them. And then it's like Mike Miller, Jamal Crawford, Hedo Turklu, and like Michael Red. And I think Michael Red was like the 50. 43rd. 40, yeah, Michael Red was like the 43rd pick. But th- this draft is very similar to what I think we're going to get this year. And we'll get some Euro guys. Like you'll get your RJ Hamptons and your LaMelo balls. And, and those guys are, are, are quite good, but. Yeah, this would have been a year where we would have seen, you know, because like a guy like Demar Johnson, right, who who had a chance to be a really good player and then had a, you know some off court stuff, like had a car accident that almost ruined his that ruined his career pretty much. Like that's the type of guy you see get drafted now, Zan. You know, freshman for a really good team, but doesn't play a whole lot, and all of a sudden he goes seventh overall because that Cincinnati team that year was awesome, and they, uh, you know. Kenny Martin breaks his leg. So let's talk about the ramifications for the NBA. Cause right now we're expecting that March Madness is over. It's done. I still expect the NBA to come back. I don't know. Maybe 50, 50. Have, what have you been hearing? I think it's a, I think I, I think it's a true coin flip at this point. Here's why. And, and I think that, yes, I, I do think the NBA is like, we do not want to get robbed of the, you know, the potential like Lakers Clippers game seven. And then like Giannis versus LeBron or whatever in the finals. Like, I think they want that. I think the issue, Zan, is like if you bring it back in June, you're going to have to have some sort of like training camp, right? Because you need guys to be able to ramp it up. You're going to have to have like a week or two lead time to get guys back in the gym and like in somewhat game shape. And like just a little tip, if the NBA does come back this year, bet on unders early. This is very similar to like the 2011 lockout where guys just weren't in shape. And uh, so – but if you do that, if you come back in June, and even if you do go like right to the playoffs, the playoffs are long, as we know. And then like if you finish them in August or September, when do you start the next season? Because you can't just turn right around and start the season again in October, November. I think if you do that, if the NBA does come back, I think we're looking at like a Christmas Day start again, which I don't even think would be that terrible, to be honest. Like play 66 games like they did before. If there's any like pros to this coronavirus thing, I think it like makes people take stock of like what was necessary in the first place. I think there's a lot of offices out there like that are working from home and thinking, you know, we could have been working from home this whole time. We didn't really need to come in for like our one meeting a week or whatever they do. And for the NBA, you start thinking, do we really need 82 games? Like if we just called it a regular season here, how much would we really suffer? The only thing that is really at play now is 
I guess the eighth seed in the West, but like that team's not going to do anything in the playoffs anyway. So what's the point? Why can't this be a 72 game season? And I definitely think it's unfair to come back and have like the bottom six seeds play for like the last two seeds in the playoff. You know, I don't think that's fair either. Like, and so I think, I think the plan is for the NBA to come back. Yeah. And I see, I disagree with you slightly in the sense of need for a training camp or warmups. Cause like if you're Milwaukee and you have title aspirations, the first round you're playing Orlando, isn't that kind of a training camp in a way, a warm up? I, I think, I think what I'm, I think guys will get hurt. Zan. Like I think in, you know, you're not ready to play 30 minutes a game. Like you do need to build it up. And yes, in a perfect world, guys work out, but I've said this before, like you cannot, you can't simulate game speed. It's not possible. And obviously because people are quarantined, like there aren't NBA players. I mean, I'm sure there will be some NBA player runs going on, but they're not going to be advertised. And I think like, we're not going to see the like UCLA summer pickups or the Chris Brickley runs in New York, which guys use to, you know, stay somewhat sharp over the summer in a more loose setting. We're not going to see that. Like I know for a fact that teams, there are teams, because we, we did see, I believe this came out Sunday night as well. Like teams were going to tell their players like, Hey, you can fly out of state. Like you can go back home. But I know that there are some teams that they are going to adhere to the like players come in and work out one coach, one basket, one player. And that's what they're going to do for this entire, you know, for the majority of this time. And I think from a player safety standpoint, beyond coronavirus, it's like you got to keep guys healthy because you're going to go, you're going to go, you're in the middle of the season. You're like, oh, well, this is great. Guys are going to rest and you're going to come back and you might, you might end up with a lot of soft tissue injuries. You know, you might end up with a bunch of pulled hands. It's like the NFL guy who holds out and always gets hurt. when he Yeah, comes because you're just not ready to go. And so I, I do think, I mean, even if they do just go to the playoffs, that's fine because here's the thing, Zan, couldn't you play games for like two weeks without fans, do a training camp with your team, make sure everybody's tested, test them every single day. And then couldn't you do like a very abbreviated, like, all right, we're going to play like two scrimmages or whatever. And then we're ready to go. Like, couldn't you announce like, let's say you announce like April 15th, the season's coming back May 15th. And I don't believe that's the case. But then by May 1st, can't you get everyone back into market, assuming this dies down, which we don't know that it will. But doesn't that seem like a much better plan? And then June 1st start. Yeah. And then well, intend to start the playoffs like June 15th. I, I, I don't think we get these games back. You know what I mean? Like, I think we get. No, definitely not all of them. And maybe you make a point about just like getting people back into game shape and, and avoiding injuries. Like, we've played basically 65 games. Right. And in the lockout year, they played 66, right? They played 66 yeah. in the regular so season. Ma- so maybe you play 72. You know, you play like five, six games to finish it out. And then it gives like, you know, the team in ninth place less of a chance to come back, but maybe it gives them some credible hope to go on a run and make the eighth seed for whatever that's worth. Um, I know they're fans. Like if you're a fan of Sacramento or Portland, like that is important to you or New Orleans. But right now, like Memphis is the most contested seed. They're, they're about three games up. So it'd be pretty hard for them to blow it in six or seven games. And then what in the AC in the East is like very similar. Like I think the wizards are within like four games or something as of. Yeah. It's like five, right now. about but five it, right now. So, so if you, if you did tell me like, Hey, we're going to play a couple exhibition games or whatever, but then we're going to go right to the playoffs. Like I, that would be okay too. Here, here's the thing about the NBA. That's very different. Cause obviously major league baseball canceled, uh, is suspended the start of their year. And then the NHL also suspended, but NBA's TV deals are very good, right? So the the owners have already guaranteed that they'll pay players through the end of the season. And then if the season's suspended, same for coaching staff members and stuff as well. I'm well aware of what's going on with that. But their TV deals are good, right? They don't necessarily need the gate receipts 
for these games. Like if they, you know, it, it obviously it hits these guys, right? It hits billionaire owners. And it was very good to see Mark Cuban, I thought, get on the air and say, I'm going to take care of my part-time, the part-time workers because it forced other owners to do it. It seems insane that we should be like congratulating billionaires for like doing good things, but. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, there's this, I, I take a little umbrage with that. Like there's this presumption that business owners, billionaires may be an exception. Business owners need to like foot the bill, take the hit for everyone else. Like a lot of business owners, like can't like, you know, like they don't have the, you know, their business might not stay alive. This is, but, but Zan, no, I mean, NBA teams are different. different, This is different. Like, yeah, sure. I'm not saying like the restaurant owner needs to pay his servers like that. I mean, he can't make money. But I see like, maybe I'm just like in a bubble in LA. Like I see on Twitter all the time, like my friends writing like, you know, uh, Uber drivers are really suffering. If you can give them like $40 for delivery, it would really help. I'm like, great. If you can afford that, that's really nice. But like, it's a living in a world where you don't worry about your own money. I did read one of the things. So we saw like Zion was going to donate a hundred thousand dollars. Kevin Love was the first guy to do it. Then we saw Giannis do it. And now we've seen other players do it. I I think like the, the Hornets, I know their team got together and they kind of fundraised and didn't announce the number or anything. But one of the things that made me laugh was like owners of, sports teams are billionaires and the actual wealth gap, like we, we think that like, you know, I'm just going to pick a guy, right? Russell Westbrook has a max deal. We think that Russell Westbrook making 250 million has more money than he knows what to do with. And he obviously does, but like we're closer on the personal wealth scale to Russell Westbrook than Russell Westbrook is to any of an NBA owner. So hearing like Tillman Furtada get all upset about like how much money he was going to lose is, is ridiculous. And I understand it. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like those guys, you don't stay rich and, and get rich by thinking of the little guy, but it, it's good. I, that's what I said. I, I thought it was really good that Mark Cuban got up there because it, it kind of forced people to at least be thinking about that instead of just saying like, all right, whatever, I'm not going to lose money. Yeah, on game Kevin ops. Love did a good job. I mean, it's, it's nice to the star players. Blake, <laughs> Talk Blake about Griffin. Pro- Talk about pressure for stars, though. It's like, oh man, Kevin Love just gave a you know hundred thousand. Now I have to do that too, I guess. Um, you know, it's <laughs> isn't it true though? What's I mean, like you would grand, feel. What's a hundred grand to somebody making thirty million a year? I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that in terms of like because I think one of the things that people struggle with is actual dollar amounts because they're just like, oh, he makes thirty million, so a hundred thousand dollars is not that much. I'm like, in a sense, yes. But it, it's, is it that like me giving $25 to somebody? I have, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> you it, talked about that with Bloomberg a lot when, you know, he's like, he spent half a billion dollars on this campaign. It's like, eh, it's, it's not a drop in the bucket, but for him, it's It was not. like $83 to like an average American, which they would spend. Like I've spent $83 on this podcast over the course of a year. So Michael Bloomberg and I both have our priorities in the case, but so who which team? So let's say that let's say we're what we think is gonna happen is gonna happen. They're very abridged regular season, jump right to the playoffs. Maybe teams aren't ready. Who are the big like totally in basketball terms, you know, not to make light of everything else? Who are the winners and losers of an abridged season like that? That's a good question. Uh I you know, I don't know. I would say the teams of guys that are younger and it takes them less time to get back into shape. I would also say teams that have more synergy like I would say overwhelmingly I think the Bucks are would be a winner with a shorter season because I think they've got a system they've, they've got guys that have been together for two years you know they, they do have a you know obviously they're they're very young with the with the exception of like the Lopez twins and Wes Matthews like that'll be a, a, a bit for them that's tough and like we've talked about their depth but you know the Lakers and the Clippers those guys haven't played together for that long. And you also have, you know, you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers and, you know, we know his knee isn't good. So like how much treatment is he getting on his knee? Like how much work does he need to be done? We always see him load manage 
a lot early in the year to make sure that he can play at the end of the year. So I think like that's a killer for him. But isn't that isn't that a benefit in a way? Like Giannis is banged up right now. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Davis tends to, you know, he can get hurt. LeBron can get hurt. Um, Kawhi, obviously, and Paul George have been banged up. So is a month off maybe the, a good thing? Because at least we know they'll enter the playoffs maybe rusty, but at least they'll be available. It, it's hard, I think, to weigh kind of like the missed time. Like I would say, like, I think the Rockets benefit because – they've played all their guys a billion minutes and now they get this break. And like I said, I would expect, I think this is going to be six weeks before we hear anything. You know what I mean? Like, I think we'll start to hear rumblings of like, this is what we want to do. But I would say, I would say plan for 60 days. Now it's less than 60 days, but I would say plan for another like 50 days without televised basketball. That, that I think that sounds fair though. The thing, the team, I think that are sort of the losers, I actually think, you know, I, I think Milwaukee, you're right, would probably be the best off. They're ready to go. They're going to have an easy think, series in the first round. Th- I'll tell you who else I think is well off. The, seven, the Philadelphia 76ers. Why, because they get healthy or just because they They get healthy that? and they get to rest. And they get more time to kind of, like, figure it out. Like, you get to watch film and all this. Like, I think the Sixers are a clear winner here. Well, you know, I think the teams that would struggle with, like, the immediate playoffs, let's say we jump back and do it without warm-up. You know, I say, I say Milwaukee would be fine. They have a pancake, you know. Cupcake first round, Lakers and Clippers, same thing, maybe. Say you're Denver and you're not really in game shape, and then you're playing Houston in round one. Like right away, you're in a contested series. Um, that might be hard, especially for like Jokic or somebody. I, hold like on a that. second. I, I know we're not a football podcast, but I just this just came across my Twitter. The Miami Dolphins just gave Eric Flowers three years, $30 million with $20 million guaranteed. What in the world is going on out here today? This day just got even weirder. Coronavirus panic. Oh my I, God. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, before the podcast started, I saw, I saw a report that he might get 10 million a year. And I thought I was just posturing, but he did. Um, well, one more, one more loser, I think I want to mention. Because look, we meant the NBA regular season should be shorter anyway. For a majority of these teams, except the very few teams fighting for the eighth, ninth seed, it doesn't matter especially for the the worst teams, you know, like your Cleveland's, your Minnesota's, your whatever. Like it's pretty much over anyway. You probably prefer to end the season. Although <laughs> I would say. Yeah, you know who's the real losers? The Nets, because now other teams might be forced to fire their coaches before. So the Nets aren't so far ahead on the coaching search. But the guy that I do think, like the team that I do think would, or the players I think would suffer from this. Like, let's say you are, like this is the time of year where if you're Golden State, for example, or, you know, the Knicks, like you might play like bottom barrel players because you're tanking. And so say you're Damian Lee on Golden State, like this might be your best chance to go in and put up some numbers. And like, I remember, was it Raymond Sessions had one breakout like end of the season? Yeah, with Charlotte. And, 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 got paid. and he got paid. And like guys like that, Christian Wood is probably done enough already, but like- But he, he did could, test positive- out- for coronavirus so how does that impact this market that's true and so guys like that it's not a big deal to us maybe but like it is an opportunity it's like the march madness thing like this is maybe the one opportunity that they would have gotten to be a starter in the nba for a month that's that's a really good point and that those guys are you know it is a, a tough situation like you might see jabari parker playing heavy minutes for atlanta and he gets another deal out of it or you know torian prince gets minutes for the nets and like i know he's under contract but i mean you know those types of guys that are you know very fringe long-term deal type guys where you might be able to get 15 million dollars over the next two months and obviously that's life-changing money and you're not worried about like 
hey man, like I need to find a minimum deal. I need to do this. Like I know Michael Mulder was a really good story recently for Golden State. And, you know, he played at Kentucky. He was a JUCO transfer, but not a lot of guys that not a lot of people knew about him. And he got another 10 day and, and got himself a, you know, a couple partially guaranteed years or whatever. And that stuff's important. So yeah, that kind of so, stinks. And then the, I want to kind of downplay this like sort of wilder theory. Like I don't think if the NBA comes back in two months, it'll be a major impact on the season in the sense that like, it's not a real season asterisk on the title. The one thing that would throw the whole league off balance um, would be theoretically, if you take two months off, three months off and come back and Kevin Durant's healthy enough to play. And they've, they've said, no, that's not going to happen. Rich Kleiman just came out and said, it's not going to happen. If it did happen, Kevin O'Connor said that on Twitter and people were going like crazy about it. And it's just, Let's let's get through this first. But yes, that would be very interesting for sure. I don't but think yeah, his business partner just came out and said it's not a realistic possibility, even if it's two months from now. Um, it would throw the balance of power out of whack, though. Man, I, I feel like I've been a big KD hater. You know, we got I got yelled at for being a Lakers hater, but I feel like I was pretty hard on KD last episode. And I'm going to say something that's going to be also sounds very hard on KD. He is not playing when he if he doesn't think that he can win the title. Like, he's not going to do that to himself. So if he comes back in August and he's healthy and they lose in the second round, that goes on his resume, Zan, and he is not doing that. I'm telling you, he's not. He's not. So, it's just- or should any player even risk it? Because it, it, you're thinking about um, they're going to play these guys. You know, there's some talk that they might not, but they're going to pay them their salaries. So if you're getting paid, how many of these guys – think they have a realistic shot to win the title and really want to do it. I would say Giannis is so young that maybe he doesn't care. He thinks he still has that window. I think for LeBron, does he really, he, he probably does. I think the guy who probably wants to play, he wants to play. He wants to get that ring. I think the guy who probably has the most incentive to play is like a James Harden. Maybe. Yeah. He wants to play. Definitely. The league's in flux. Like you're going to get back and you're not going to know who's in shape, who's out of shape. Like, Guys are going to have to get used to stuff again because players get into rhythms. You know, I, I'm not a big momentum guy, as you know, but I think players get into rhythm that they, they start to really feel where each other is going to be on the court. And all of a sudden that's gone. I, I think Houston definitely wants to play. Yeah. And there's so much we've talked about it before so much on the line for them this, this season and the window is closing. I mean, it's still open now, but you know, Harden might only have two or three years left to chase the title as the lead option. So let me ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot and we'll, we'll wrap this up. And we are planning on releasing episodes on Thursdays for the next couple of weeks until I guess we run out of content. I think we'll do some prospect stuff. We're definitely going to talk about some TV shows for sure. Got to talk about Love is Blind. I just finished Love is Blind. That's a little overrated. They slowed down. Definitely, so over, definitely overrated. The end of it is very slow, but it's, it's, you know, it was electric factory to start to steal your favorite <laughs> expression. But so you are on record saying that you do think we will have an NBA champion this season. Well, you know what? It's like, I think college basketball, they they followed the leader in Duke. I think LeBron has so much weight here. If LeBron's like, I don't want to play. Can other players, you can't play without the Lakers. You can't play without LeBron even. So like, I think somebody like that really does like set the tone. Um, but I, I have to think in two months, you could get it together and play. Yeah, see, and I think the problem with us speculating is that, like, we really don't know how this rest of this stuff's going to go. Like, we are recording. It's Monday at one thirteen Eastern time, and 
it feels like minute to minute we find out more information. So it, it's very possible that like the president could come out and, you know, declare a mandatory, I mean, he already declared like a state of emergency and enacted the Stafford Act and all that. But like, he could come out and say like, look guys, like nobody's going outside right now. Like we could have a month where you're not allowed to leave your house. No, totally. And, and, and so I think, and I don't, I don't anticipate that happening, but it seems like every time I say stuff, the other stuff happens. So I'll knock on wood, but like, that's where it's hard. It's really hard to say that, but I would imagine that, yeah, I would think the NBA is expecting like, Hey, we can get some games going by like June 1st. Well, as an NBA fan, NBA diehard like yourself, at what point would you think this is not a real playoff? This is too much. This is too compromised. Like if I told you the plan is come back, we're going to play the playoffs. We're going to have five game series instead of seven, just to save time, save, you know, is that an asterisk title for yeah, the one, minutes. the one thing about the NBA playoffs that seems very different is it, it seems like it's the most chalky. I think you'd actually, we talked about this, right? Like that it's a pretty chalky situation, like hockey and baseball, like anything can happen. Football's one game, obviously. So that's very luck induced, but in the NBA, like generally you don't see a lot of lucky things go their way, right? Like you might see a team shoot it really hot for a couple games, but like, you know, Golden State was the best team over the last five years, and they won three titles. One, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. The other one, Raymond Green kicked LeBron in the nuts, flipped the, the balance of power a little bit. But, like, they could have won five titles in five years, you know, and that that's, seems likely to happen or, or like because they were the very clear best team. This year we didn't see that. I, I don't know. Five-game series is probably fine, right? Like, that probably still eliminates a lot of the margin for error right right although you know lakers clippers 2-2 and then you know and then this yeah, deciding game sucks. five would feel odd maybe you could do five five and then go to seven and seven in the conference finals and finals i mean you're only saving a game or two and, and it's it, and you don't want to leave you don't want to like eliminate the first round right like uh, one eight series have i mean there's been what one there's been two one eight upsets and none since it went seven games. I don't I actually I don't recall if the Golden State Dallas upset was a seven game series or not. Off the I, think it, it I was, think it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. But like, I mean, do you just eliminate that? Like, do you just go immediately to? But you can't really do that, right? Because you can't eliminate like two seven three six. Like three six series are very constantly good. So I think you have to play them. Do you think this kind of reminds me for very different circumstances of baseball had a strike sort in season where they just ended the season. Um, they declared an MVP. I think we do the same here. And um, they obviously never came back, never finished the playoffs. If they don't do that, if it's just ended, do you think like LeBron fans are justified to say, you know, he only won three rings, but, you know, caveat, he probably, he probably maybe could have won again. So we should give him that title. Same way like Jordan fans are like, you know, he, to, he could have won eight, you know, if he didn't go to baseball, which we don't know. We have no idea if that actually would have happened or not, or if he was forced to retire or not. It is a great, it is a really interesting thing to think about, like how this season impacts people's legacies. Like if Giannis wins the MVP, but doesn't get a chance to play the last 15 games of the season. So we don't know that, you know, like we talked about, did LeBron close this gap? You know, like is LeBron a legitimate MVP candidate? And he probably hasn't done enough yet. But like if Giannis had missed some time and the Lakers had won 60 games, like maybe he wins another MVP. And I think the vote would be a lot closer right now because we were like we'd be ending the season at sort of like the high point of LeBron stock. You know, he just won those two big games against, uh, you know, the Clippers and Bucks. And, you know, he had some. MVP See, that's buzz. why people think we hate the Lakers, because you put that stupid voice on when you say that. Well, they also just, and they lost to Brooklyn. The yeah, they lost after, to Brooklyn. But that doesn't matter. You know, yeah, exactly. It wasn't on not, TV. Not important. So I, I don't know. I, I think that I feel 
if I was going to guess right now, based on everything that's happened, I, I would say that I think I'm leaning more towards that this is probably – we're not going to play the rest of the NBA season because I just think that there's so much panic and uncertainty. I just think that, like, sports are kind of going to get pushed to the background, which is a shame because that's, I think, what people use to disconnect from the things that are going on. And now you really got to – you got to be aware of what's going on. You got to watch White House press briefings, which in their own right are, are, are scary to watch. And uh, so I don't know. I, I feel like your optimism is good to hear, and I think a lot of people are very optimistic. And I think the league is optimistic in its own right, from what I've heard, at least from people around the league and, and people who have been involved in some of these conversations. I've heard June or July is what they're targeting, and that seems realistic to me. I think I'm just a little bit more pessimistic about if we as a country are going to do what we need to do to make something like that happen. You know, I, I think we're going to try. I, I, I hopefully people lock down and, and we're able to get through the heart of this and slow it down enough. But in terms, you might be right in the, like the sports sense. Like if you're an owner or you're the NBA league office, do you want to risk opening the games in July and then somebody gets the virus, somebody dies and suddenly you're on the hook for a lawsuit or something like that? You know, like there, there are a lot of other factors at play, too. Yeah, definitely. So we'll uh, keep we'll keep releasing shows on Thursday for sure. Uh, we're going to do prospect stuff, I think, to start. We we'll get to watch some tape and uh, we might do some, you know, maybe if we hear more information, like maybe we'll do some faux offseason stuff. Zan, I know how much you like doing stuff like that, like when we see coaches and stuff get fired, because there's going to be news like the league right now, league stuff is stopped. Right. So they're not giving out right. contracts. So maybe like, we'll do, we'll do some prospects. We'll kind of look ahead to the off season. Cause it's like a good break. So talk about free agencies. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about coaches. Um, sort of get a jump on the next season before the season restarts, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. So Sad times for sure. Right. Like it sucks. It's, it's a, a bad situation. And, you know, hopefully this is a, bad situation to avoid making a bad situation worse which i do think it is um and again like i don't know i don't want to we don't have a massive platform but just wash your hands stay home like unless you got to go somewhere you don't need to hoard toilet paper i don't know why people in families of four think they need a hundred rolls of toilet paper like i just don't get it how much toilet paper are you using yeah, well, it's really not the time to to put on your mummy costumes and stuff like that. No, yeah, yeah that so, but just you know, be smart. Like, and and all right, stay safe out there. This one not as much of a pleasure either. This is the second not so fun episode we've had to uh, do this year. But oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, twenty twenty, <laughs> not the greatest year. We'll be back on Thursday, and as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 